welcome to the 16th and final episode of the Conan's Podcast. Well, for this year anyway. It's me, Seamus Brannan here, with Dave Barry and Donald Sheehan. For the final episode of the year, we have a very special guest. He's a two-time Munster and All-Ireland champion, a former dual star, and the 2020 Hurler of the Year, Guru Tegarty. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Alright, hi Guru, how are you? How are you boys? Good, thanks. Um, look, just like I said, massive thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, so first off, it's a massive congratulations to yourself for winning her of the year, obviously, a massive achievement. But um, I'm just wondering, was that a goal you kind of set yourself at the start of the year, or is that kind of piece scale throughout the campaign? Um, well, I suppose my mindset would be that somebody has to win it. Somebody has to win it every year, you know. So why not? Why not me? Um, it's something that I would have definitely looked at when I was younger. Um, I want to said, wouldn't it, wouldn't that be absolutely fabulous to win um, someday? You know, so it's not something that I would would have thought about going out any day or any game last year in the championship. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been in my mind about if I play well today or if I score this or score that that I, I can win this or win that. But. It's nice. Um, they're nice awards to get at the end of the year for recognition of of the year that has gone by. But um, yeah, my mindset would be somebody has to win it, so why not? You know, if you work hard enough towards something that you really, really want um, and do your best, well, then you give yourself a great chance of putting yourself in, in the position. But I suppose the hurler year is kind of a funny one because um, if you look at the list since I since I kind of won it, I was I, I was looking at the list of hurlers that have won it in years gone by. And more so thinking of people that haven't won it, you know. So you do need a lot of luck to win to win these things as well. Um, but obviously it was a a huge achievement and one that I'm very proud of, and one that I will look back on in time with more with more um, with happiness and more satisfaction. I haven't really thought about it too much to be honest, because it was a short turnaround, and obviously we're already training for this year. But um, yeah. Uh, obviously in 2018 you never had a breakthrough year. Then in 2019 you lost to Kilkenny in the All Ireland semi final. Did you feel that 2018 was a one-season wonder, or did you think that uh, you'd always bounce back to get back on top? Um, yeah, 2019 was... Uh, it's funny because we lost We lost pretty much... I think, did we lose one game in 2019? I, I don't know. We definitely lost one championship game. Anyway, we won all our games in Munster. We won the Munster final, and then we were beaten in, in, in an All-Ireland semi-final by a point. Um, and I suppose everybody just thinks about the All Ireland semi final that we lost, and even I do myself. But it's funny to think how things how things have changed in Limerick um, over the years. Once upon a time, winning a Munster would have been seen as uh, an unbelievable achievement, and one that there would have been nearly paid for. And uh, we won that well on the day, and then we were beaten by a point in an All Ireland semi final by Kilkenny again, which would have been seen as a great achievement once upon a time in Limerick. But um, no, we didn't think it was a one-season wonder at all. We came back in 2019 with aspirations of, of winning of winning back-to-back All-Irelands. Why not? Uh, as I said, somebody has to win it every year, so why not us? And um, Go on. Uh, did you feel you were hard done by, by a refereeing decision in the late in the All-Irelands semi-final? Uh, at the time, I suppose you're kind of a bit, you're kind of obviously very disappointed after the loss uh, in the immediate aftermath of, of the match, but... When you look back, I suppose when you get a chance, when the emotion is gone, when you watch back the game after a couple of days and and you go through it from an analytical point of view, we just didn't play well enough. Kilkenny were better than us on the day, and it was as simple as that. The better team won. So um, that's just that's just the 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 how how cruel sport can be, and, and that's just the reality of sport. If you're not good enough on the day, you'll be beaten, and that's it. And we weren't. So that's what happened. 
Uh, on one of our previous podcasts, we had Graham McCallie on interviewed for, we were talking to him about the training over lockdown. Do you find it much better training with a group of lads or do you mind training on your own? Uh, no, I hated it to be honest. I, I, we, we play. It's a hurling is a team sport, and obviously, before it would have been pretty much well. I suppose the majority of the training that you do is is with is with some of your best friends and some of your closest. Uh, obviously, the rest of the team, and I found the training over lockdown. It was grand for a couple of weeks, boys, to be honest, and then. Um, we were kind of getting into the summer months where your your body is so normally used to playing championship games and training, doing bits and pieces of training, nothing too strenuous. But then you were kind of thrown in, it was all thrown up in the air. We didn't know whether the championship was going to be going ahead. Um, you were, we were given a plan to train away and to do a couple of training sessions every week. And you you didn't know, was, were you wasting your time or not, whether the championship was going to go ahead because we were in the middle of obviously the, the lockdown at the time. So no, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, but I knew I had to do it, and I knew we just had to keep taking the boxes, um, just in case that just in case that we did get back into training, which obviously we did. So it did stand us to train that we did over lockdown. But I can't say that I I'd be lying if I said I enjoyed it all. As I said, I enjoyed it for, for a couple of weeks at the start because it was something new, and it was kind of nice to be training away on your own. But after two or three weeks, I I missed missed the crack with the lads, and I just missed having a bit of fun and and a bit of social interaction. After a while, training on your own gets very very boring. So. Um, but yeah, good question. Obviously, uh, you were a great footballer and you were on the Olympic Senior Footballer in 2015. Uh, was it difficult to choose uh, the hurling over the football? And do you feel the football helped your hurling game? Um, it was difficult. It was very difficult at the time. Like I, I've always been a huge. We're we're. My father played hurling for Limerick for fifteen years. It's it's. It was always a huge hurling was always the main sport in, our, in my house growing up. Always, but I found it very hard to to leave the footballers because it was actually the footballers that gave me my break with the senior. I I, I was on the senior football team when I was nineteen for two years, and they gave me my break originally. I didn't get a look in really underage with Limerick. I was on minor panels here and there, but I never played a game. I never even came on as a sub or anything, and then. I kind of got a break with the footballers through, it's a long story, basically a fella that took over the Limerick team the year he gave me my break, trained our club team the year before and he, he gave me a trial and I got on the senior panel that year with the footballers. So I did find it really hard then when I was starting to make strides uh, when we won the under 21 with Limerick then in the Hurling and the following year then we were brought onto the senior panel. I found it very hard to say to the footballers that look, I'm going to head away there with the, with the Hurlers full time, I'll talk to you later, you know, so... It was, it was difficult, but to be honest with you, it was the manager, the football manager at the time, John Bruder. Um, he just sat me down. He said, Look, he goes straight up. You're you're doing too much. You're not you're not um, operating. That you're not getting the most out of yourself, basically. Because I was just getting week on week on week. When there was a break in the hurling, there'd be a football game and vice versa. Um, so I was just getting flogged and I couldn't keep going. He said, look, you have to make a decision. Simple as which one do you prefer? Whichever one comes into your mind first, you need to go with that. And I said, look, John. You probably know, but it's always been hurling. It always has, it always will be. And that was it. And he said, look, here's your decision. Off you go and play hurling. And that was it. You know, so I always respect, I, and that's something that actually, I'm not sure if I've ever even told, if I've never even said that uh, publicly before. Um, but it was actually the, or my football manager that sat me down and, and told me to go play hurling, which I always respect him for, you know, because I, I was obviously doing really well with footballers at the time and he didn't want to lose me. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, I know we're, uh, we're short enough on time today, but just before any of you go, um, I have one last question. 
So obviously you'll with Limerick you'll be aiming to go back to back with the All Irelands in the coming season. But uh, who do you think are your biggest threats to that? Who do you think will be the team to beat now this year? Yeah, look, it's I suppose it's the it's the political political answer to give, but like you know yourself from watching the place. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. It's as simple as that. You know, we were, I know we we won the All-Ireland last year, but you look, you've already mentioned the All-Ireland semi-final in 2019. Any day if you go out in the field and if you take for granted the opposition, regardless of who they are, or if you're just a small bit off or you're not fully tuned in, the margins in top-level sport, especially in inter-county hurling, are, are very, very, very small and are really minute. And as I said, any, any team, the seven or eight teams, you know who they are yourselves, um, who can anyone can beat anyone on any given day? So um, I don't think we have any one direct opponent that I'm that I that I'd be wary of. I think there's several teams that come into All Ireland. It's the same every year, you know. So you just got to go out and honestly, you just got to go out and focus on the upcoming game, and that's Tipperary this weekend in the league. And I honestly, haven't thought about um, I haven't thought about even the next league game, not the mind championship in a couple of months' time. So. You just gotta have to stay. In, you have to stay in the present, and you have to focus on getting the best out of yourself. We've trained tonight. Focus on going train night, preparing as best I can. I have lunch after this, so getting a good getting good food into me throughout the rest of the day. Obviously, getting a good sleep last night and preparing as well as I can for training tonight to set me up for the game at the weekend. And honestly, that's the best mindset to get into because that's when you that's when you stop. Um, that's when you're really living in the moment and you're really focusing on what's what's what is the present, and you're not looking down the line and you're not taking your eye off the balls. So that's really important. Yeah, it'll be a very close championship, and I think we can all agree on that. But um, look, thanks a million anyway for coming on the podcast today, Road, and best of luck in the upcoming season. No problem at all, boys. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it, and best and best of luck yourselves. Thanks. Well, not a bad way to round off the year. Sport is coming back, the country is opening up, and we're coming into summer. But what a year it's been! We've been in school, we've been out of school. There's been lockdowns, there's been reopenings. However, the one constant for us has been this podcast, and there's a few people I'd like to thank on behalf of all the lads involved. If I was to name out all the guests we've had and all the people who've been involved in interviewing or hosting, we'd be here all day. So we'd just like to mention some of the unsung heroes of this operation. First off, we can't help but mention our teacher, Miss Gubbins, who came up with the idea and has been the driving force behind the podcast ever since. She's given us all a massive opportunity to really make our year in TY a memorable one, despite not being able to do much of the usual TY activities. So thanks for that. Next is our master editor and computer whiz, Ryan Kubaki. We've released 16 episodes of the podcast this year, but not one of them would have been possible without Ryan. And last but not least, we'd like to thank you, the listeners. You've listened to our podcast throughout the year and gave us massive boosts with your messages and comments. We hope that we've also helped you in some small way to get through these tough times. Hopefully you all have a wonderful summer. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everyone.
Cause we know 